Okay, so we are doing a series. We're thinking about church in this series. We did six weeks. This is week five, the fifth session. Session. We're thinking about church. Anyone who listened to last week's last time session on podcast, I just do want to apologise for any trauma. Because if you're watching the video, you can see that I'm running up a hill. But if you're just listening to the podcast, all you can hear is very deep breathing. So I didn't really think that one through. We should have had a, like, you know, like those warnings you get at the start of, like, movies from the 80s where they're like, this, this may uh, now is in, inappropriate. Anyway, so we're thinking about the church. We're thinking specifically, how do we become a church that creates, makes disciples, because actually that's what the church was meant to do, and sometimes I think, uh, you know, we've been sidetracked from that, certainly Sarah and I have been doing this for 17 years, it hasn't necessarily been a priority for us, for a lot of that, but for the last seven or so years we've been moving towards thinking, like, what does this really mean, how do we do that, how do we do discipleship for ordinary people, for people who aren't going to, uh, you know, you know, like those serious Christians that you always feel intimidated by, uh, they don't have a TV, you know, they, um, they only listen to Christian music. They have an hour's quiet. You know, so those people, they're doing okay. Like for, for normal people like us, how do, we, how do we make a church do that? And so we've been thinking about these kind of three environments that we think will help. So the whole church service, what we're doing now, which we're doing twice a month, hubs, which are smaller communities, uh, kind of highly relational, where they're based around the idea of what what you know, of God and supportive and, you know, and this opportunity to be in a group, have discussions and conversations and hubs meet anywhere between two and four times a month, depending on the hub. And then discipleship groups. These are the new things that we're talking about that we want to do that are even smaller, three, four, five people that would meet fortnightly and just far more uh, pushing into that discipleship questions. What is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? And you'll notice there's like decreasing centralization as you go down. Like what we're doing now is very centralized, organized. Um, You know, it kind of, it's not flexible around you. You know, if people work shifts, things like that can be very difficult. Uh, Then hubs are slightly more uh, unique and individual. They suit the people that are in it. We have some hubs that meet on Sundays when we're not doing this. Some that meet during the week. Some meet, you know, very regularly. Some you have to, like, do some lunar calculation to work out whether your hub is meeting, you know. Um, and then discipleship groups, even more so, you know, like all sorts, you know, we're, we've been testing this with hub leaders, but the, uh, the idea of this is it might suit to do it before work, it might suit to do it in a lunch hour, it might suit to do it on Friday night in the pub, um, you know, whatever it is. So we're thinking about what these discipleship groups are. And we've been thinking about this idea that Jesus says, when the disciples say to Jesus, you know, how are you getting your nourishment? Has someone brought you food? And Jesus says, my food, my spiritual nourishment, is to to know the will of God and do it. And that's really what we want to do as, um, as disciples. What does God want us to do and do it? And Jesus tells us that's how we get fed, how we grow as Christians. And we talked uh, about fish and chips, you know, so you, you might be, you know, in terms of your spiritual food, you could be fish or you could be chips. I forget what the analogy was about. <laughs> um, 
So I think, and I can't remember which way around it is, but there are some people that they want the input. You know, I want to I receive, I want to learn, I want to be in an environment where I'm getting stuff given to me. And then there are other people who are like, I just want to do. You know, I, I, I think I, you know, I know all I need to know. I just want to get out there and do it. And this idea of Jesus, it's like both, isn't it? Because we need to know God to know his will, but we also need to do it. And so we kind of have to push one way or the other. So thinking about this John 4, there's another verse I want us to look at as well, which is in uh, Romans 12. And this is Paul talking about what it is to be a Christian. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies, or in some translations it says your whole lives. The point is, it's not this uh, disembodied, abstract, spiritual activity. It's saying your whole embodied life to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will be able to learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I've had lots of discussions as a church leader with people about what is God's will for me. And it's usually at that point, should I take that job? Should I date that person? Should I ask them to marry me? Should I, you know, should I go to McDonald's or Burger King? You know, like those big life decisions. But actually what uh, Paul is saying is he's saying that God's will is something that's going on in our everyday life all the time. So to, to be able to know what is God's will as a parent, as a friend, as a colleague... You know, as a human being is really important. So I kind of think what we're trying to get into is this cycle. Um, There's that Romans thing uh, that leads us to the John 4 bit that we read uh, about Jesus said. And then it kind of goes in a loop. So Romans, we engage our whole life in uh, in God. We take every aspect of our life, our working life, our personal life, our thought life, our religious activity life we we bring God into every area and that is what true worship is and in doing that we start to be transformed our minds we start to see the world ourselves God our opportunities differently and that gets us in tune with God so we start so God's will maybe is less of a like you know receiving a you know something written in fire on the sky it's more just resonating with who he is knowing who he is so we get to in tune with God and we know his will and so that revelation leads us to uh, John 4 as we, as we understand more of God and what he's like and what he would have us do. So we know God's will for our life and we put that into the next step. We carry it out with the encouragement of others because often when we have good intentions on our own, they, they lead to nothing. So this is what discipleship groups do. We, we verbalise, I think this is God's next step for me. In two weeks' time when we meet again, ask me whether I've done anything about it. Far more likely to do it. And by doing that, knowing God's will and doing it, we become spiritually nourished. That's how Jesus got his nourishment, know God's will and carry it out. That causes us to grow. As we grow, we discover more of our lives. Is in, is in, God's involved in more than our lives. And we even uh, understood that there are layers and depths that God's involved in. We get to uh, involve him in that. It becomes worship. We're transformed. We see everything differently. We get more in tune with God. We know his will and the cycle goes around but it all it all centers on our understanding who God is our connection with God to understand he is the kind of God that is interested in 
you chopping vegetables you know for to make dinner for somebody or you driving to your work or you f- writing that email to know what he's like so the bible is the way god reveals himself to us that is the prime like quite a surprising way you think if you were going to say how am i going to reveal myself to someone this story of loads of people who often make lots of mistakes and do things wrong and it's quite an interesting approach he's taken uh but the bible is at the center of what we want to do in discipleship groups as well so that's today what we're going to do is talk about uh, the bible in our discipleship group process then next time which is a video session we're gonna i'm gonna kind of like model um my winter wardrobe no i i'm gonna model like what happens in an actual discipleship group so because i know that maybe it's like these these are just some ideas on the video next time we kind of go through what would happen in those five um what we call cab dac it's really catchy chatting asking god to be involved the bible uh, discussing and discerning what god wants to do asking him to help us as we go out and the question that we want to be asked when we come back so uh, I want to think about the Bible today and what we what we want to do in discipleship groups is use the Bible in a slightly different way than we are used to using the Bible that we have been kind of trained how we understand the Bible it's being used in a very like a rich biblical way and rich history but we tend to approach the bible with a very western mindset at the moment and you see that because you have oh hold on because we have a fish and chip reaction to the bible as well so you have the fish who are like i want to know more about the bible teach i want to learn more information i want to learn facts context i want to learn original language i want to learn you know and maybe you've been around people where you just feel like god they know the bible so well they are such good christians you know that's amazing or you know so there's that kind of like status that comes with it and then you get chip people who are like look I already know what the bible says we just got to go out and do it of course it says that and um and then just want to get on and I guess neither approach is better than the other but neither approach really captures using the bible to tell us what God's saying to us now and then the action to go and do that that thing that God has put us in our circumstance opposition to do so um and like I said, this is nothing new. John Wesley wrote about, uh, he, was reading, he was writing to his ministers about how they should approach the Bible. And he said, um, we should come to the Bible with a single eye to know the whole will of God and a fixed resolution to do it. Like I thought, when I, when I kind of like thought that bit about John, about knowing the will of God and doing it, I was like, I'm so clever. I've just seen this. And then John Wesley had only gone and done it himself but the bible talks about the same thing as well so even john wesley didn't it james one don't just listen to god's word you must do what it says otherwise you're only fooling yourself you fool uh, so isn't it it's, good, it's knowing what god's saying doing it all scripture is inspired by god and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The Bible prepares and equips us to do his good work. 
For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This idea of the intimacy that the Bible has with us, that there is something that God wants to do through the Bible that connects with the deepest person who we are. So it isn't just information, it isn't just facts and history, but it is... uh, it is a, an action of how God is going to speak to us. And I'm always careful. We always try and be careful about this. You know, God speaking to us. Because I, I started going to churches. When people talk about God speaking to us, it always sounded like they were having an audible conversation with God. And so we often use language like prompts and nudges that God gives to us. So, that, so when we're talking about speaking to us, it's not about like necessarily having a conversation. Some people have stuff like that, and that's wild. But sometimes it's just a deep sense in our gut, that this is what God wants us to do. It's that resonance. You know, if you go to a club, apparently, and the bass is, uh, like, low enough, it, like, your heartbeat starts to sync with the bass line. And also, I think there's a certain frequency that makes you need to go to the toilet as well. So, but what I'm saying is, it's like that. It's the, the Bible is so intimate with us that our heart resonates with it. Maybe the other analogy isn't so good. Anyway, so what I want to think about is the Bible this practice of approaching the Bible for spiritual reading. Sometimes it's called formative reading. Lecto Divina is a famous way of doing this, but it's reading the Bible differently. And um, so we are, as opposed to informational reading, we are trained in schools and in churches to read for information, to do informational reading. There's nothing wrong with that. very good thing to do. We need to do that. But this, we want want to use the Bible in discipleship groups for something slightly differently. Um, And look, I've done a table to show us the difference between informational reading and spiritual reading. Okay? So, uh, and I think as we read, as we look at this, you'll think, well, I do, I think mostly we we have been approaching the Bible down the left column. Don't, I'm not saying stop doing that. I'm saying we also got the right column as a tool and a technique. And in discipleship groups, we're going to use the right column more. So informational reading. We have control over this text. We select the text. So you're like, oh, I want to learn about this thing. I want to see about this thing. So maybe you do what I do. Google Bible verses about, insert topic there. We, we control the text. In a spiritual reading, the text has control over us, and the text is selected for us. So we don't do this in Vineyard, but lots of denominations have a lectionary. They are told, this Sunday, these are the passages. So you don't have control. You are the, the, the text, the Bible, has control over us. In discipleship groups, often, uh, like a really good place to do this, to start, is the Psalms. The Psalms was Jesus's worship playlist that was his spotify playlist for worship and you know we just do the thing that you're told in informational reading you're told never to do you know like the roulette pick a number between one and 150 don't pick 119 because it's way too long uh and just you know like and you just end up at a psalm Uh, in informational reading we approach with an expectation of what it will say and the problem we want solved You've gone to the Bible because you're like, what does God say about this thing? I want it. And we have an expectation what it's going to tell us. In spiritual reading, we approach with no preconceived ideas. And our expectation is instead that God's going to speak through it. Uh, 
in informational reading, we read analytically to understand and master the information so that we can become the expert. In spiritual reading, we read contemplatively. Oh, I always struggle with this word. Contemplatively. No? Com- con- <laughs> con- Adele. Contemplatively. <laughs> Thoughtfully. We read with an attitude of contemplation. I can do that. It's just the extra bit. Uh, we are open to mystery and ambiguity. We don't have to master it. We can leave with questions. And then afterwards, you can go and look up the questions and find out if anyone does have an answer. You can add information afterwards. But uh, we want to master the text for our agenda. You know, we have this thing we want to we we kind of work out, we want to do. In spiritual reading, we want to be mastered by the text for God's agenda. In informational reading, we are the subject and the Bible is the object. So we exercise action on the Bible. We are in control. We are doing it. In spiritual reading, the Bible becomes the subject and we are the object. We want the Bible to exercise action on us. In informational reading, we read lots of texts quickly to maximize our efficiency. I mean, this, this is, a, you know, like, you know, when you're reading and you're just like, Oh, how, how long have I got to go? Because I'm already starting thinking about something different and I just need to get to the end of a section. Or if you do the Bible in one year, nothing wrong with it. But again, that's can like, I just need to plow through this to tick it off. Uh, so it's all about uh, efficiency. In spiritual reading, often you read a small amount of text with slow attentiveness to encourage depth. And finally, in informational reading, the aim is to learn more information In spiritual reading, the aim is to hear what God is saying to us. So what we would do, so in in a discipleship group, we say like an hour or fortnight is what you need. You've had some time catching up. You've said a quick prayer and then you, you know, you find the passage you're going to read. You can use a lectionary or, um, or just pick a number. So you go to it and then you read it out. So you know, if there's a group, someone reads it out loud, it's always useful if you're, rather than just listening, you're following as well, so you have it open. You probably need the same, make sure you've got the same translation so you don't, there's not a distraction if you're trying to map across words. But we are reading, the approach involves our imagination. We're trying to picture what's going on. And we are just looking for opportunities or finding where God might be communicating to us through it. So it can be just a feeling in my gut, uh, gut, you know, like pulls it. It might be an association. That psalm has spoken about this thing. I have that same thing going on in my life at the the moment. It might be themes or ideas. What we're doing is we're just open to God speaking to us through the text as we slowly consider it. And... um, the thing sometimes that's hard is to think, well, is it God speaking to me or is it just me? On one level, it probably doesn't matter unless it's like ridiculously like inappropriate thing that you're wondering. Then it probably is you. If it is a good thing that you feel like God's, you know, like uh, nudging me about this thing in my life and it's a good thing. I don't know if there's a, you know, what's the worst that happens if you take a chance on it? You think, actually, I'm going to choose to think that is God. It doesn't really, it's, not the, it's not the end of the world, and it's certainly better than just ignoring it. 
But I think often the reason we find it hard to believe it might be God is because it feels so natural to us. But that is what it's meant to feel like. We were created to be in partnership with God. And it tells us the Holy Spirit is living within us. So for God to talk to us, he doesn't need to uh, shout with angels. It can feel like a whisper. It can feel like just a, a flutter in our conscience. It can feel like a sense in our gut. Sometimes I think when we do this, it's something we've, all, we've known for a long time. Like, oh, I've known this is a thing. And this is just kind of, this is a nudge for it. Sometimes uh, we arrive that there's just, I know there's this thing that I've got to get on with. And, you know, the Bible is kind of, it's been helpful and it maybe gives me some encouraging that. But I've kind of known that I need to do this thing. Or sometimes it's just completely out of the blue. So, like I say, some of us have been doing this for, uh, for a few months. I'll just give you some examples of when it happened to me. So we, uh, we said, pick a number, and someone said 137. I don't know if you know Psalm 137. It's the, Boney M made it into a song. By the rivers of Babylon. Should we all do this? No. <laughs> but, interestingly, it ends with, happy is the one who dashes your baby's heads against the rocks. It's a pretty full-on violent expression. And I remember, what's really funny is, like, every time we do it, like, when it's come read the Bible and we're going to ask God to speak to us, I, like, have a mini internal panic of, like, I don't even know how this works. You know, like, how does God speak to me, you know? And it just encourages me, actually, each time, because it reminds me this is not something I can manufacture anyway. So, anyway, we, we were reading Psalm 137. It mentioned the word, there's a, one of the themes is about finding joy. And it just made me think, I feel like a joyless zombie at the moment, you know. And so the prompt I had from that, the action, was to, there was a creative hobby that I hadn't done for years. that I thought, I'm going to find time to do that. And this is what we were talking about, what God wants us to do in the video with me panting badly. is this idea that what God asks us to do is something we will hate because it will be good for us, but we'll hate it. I think we need to expand our understanding of what God might want to do. It's not always going to be you should pray more, you should read more of the Bible. He wants us to grow our lives. Uh, one time we read it and there was, it was talking about fear. You know, like, I'm not going to give in to fear. I thought there's this thing I've been putting off. I don't want to do because I just, I'm a bit intimidated. Once I it was setting up this uh, Zoom call, uh, regular Zoom call, I thought once I commit to doing it, it's going to happen. And I'm, I feel scared and I don't want to do it. The fact, you know, it was just a nudge, just get on with it. You know, that God doesn't want me to live in fear. There was uh, another one, it was talking about rest. And I thought, I, I, when I'm walking, I walk the dog, I, I enjoy walking, but I'm always, I'm listening to stuff because I'm wanting to gather information. So just to walk without podcast. There was a time when it was a ref, reference in one of the Psalms about medicate, meditating on God's goodness. And I changed my, I, I changed my, spiritual pattern or my, my bible pattern from very infrequent to trying to read a psalm every every morning at the start of the day and i'm on psalm 146 now so that's good although i did do psalm 119 in sections so it's all these things but the idea is it's about our default life if you imagine your default life is this blue circle that's what where you live your life the things that you either have to do because if you don't it will cause you pain or the things that you do because to do anything out of them would be outside your comfort zone the idea is we are inviting god to surrender to nudge us to say there's something just outside of what you would normally do 
that I want you to do is that little bump there. <laughs> and then, then that grows and it gives us opportunity. But the thing that might happen, that we want to happen, is there's other people's lives, default lives, that then it interse- intersects with. And it might be, you know, it might be because that hobby you start doing, you meet someone and you have an opportunity to bring some, overflow something of God into them. It might be even like reading the Bible. It might be that you end up having a conversation and you think, oh, this morning I read about something that I can either share or I can change the way I act. All these things that go on that we want to see our default lives grow and then see what opportunities that leads for us to overflow into others. So we are reading, we're approaching the Bible for spiritual reading, asking God to speak to us. That then leaves us with a nudge about what he wants, what area of his life he's working in, and a practical, measurable, achievable next step that we will do over the next two weeks. So as I say, next session, the next video one, we're kind of going to model running through what a discipleship, what this kind of one-hour session we think it takes to do. But... What I'd love to invite you to do this week is maybe approach the Bible and try to do spiritual reading of the Bible instead of informational reading of the Bible.